All right, I got a joke for you. Okay, cool. What is it? All right, so there's this. There's a rabbit. Okay. And there's a bear. Okay. And this takes place in Bible times when the animals like talk to each other and shit. Okay. So this rabbit and this bear are in the woods, and they're both shitting. Oh, okay. And the rabbit sit next to the bear, and the bear sit next to the rabbit. It's a weird shitting place. It's Bible times. That's okay. what happened in the Bible. Okay. Um, like Veggie Tales. It's Bible. like Veggie Tales with yeah. This is True Tales of the Bible. So the bear's like sitting there and he's shitting. And he's thinking. He's like, hey, hey, rabbit. Um, I got a question for you. And I was like, sure, shoot. He's like, so um um. I got a question. It's a little personal. Okay. Do you mind shit sticking to your fur? And the rabbit's like, no, not really. So the bear wipes his ass with the rabbit. <laughs> Welcome to Trash South Street. Woo! I'm Lou. I'm Jamie Z. And we talk about stuff. Yep, music and, and movies, non-apocalyptic and not not diseases. not the COV-19. Yeah. So what's new other than um, I guess what's happening in the world is well, well, I would like people to know because this might be a something that aliens, archaeologists find. Yes, like in the future. In the future, all I would like you to know, alien archaeologists listening to this. That me and Jamie were the leaders of the whole world. Of the whole world, and we we fought as long as we could. We could. Our golden voices, yes. to pleasure <laughs> and hope to the masses. To the masses, and then the robots. Mm-hmm. I was, my son was John Connor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was, um, I was a Morton Joe. <laughs> so yes, we'll we'll briefly touch on this quickly, and then we'll talk about music. So Montgomery County, which we live in, which is a suburb of Philadelphia is under lockdown. We're not supposed to be really leaving our houses for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Schools have been canceled till about April 1st. Um, all the colleges have been pretty much canceled. Or They're online all online, till, yeah. Uh, sometime for the rest, for the rest of the semester for some mm-hmm. of them. So yeah, there is a, a coronavirus that's been going around uh, since what? January? I think they think that the patient zero was in November, actually. Yeah. But January. I mean... It's not like everyone in the whole world doesn't know. Yeah, but we, we're just saying. Unless you're one of those uncontacted people. You never know. Just blissfully in the Amazon. But so far, what's today? The 14th, which is a son, yeah. March 14th, which mm-hmm. is Asana's birthday. Was it 25 counts of death in Montgomery County? Something like that, yeah. But um, yeah, like I'm just hoping everything is overly cautious. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just don't... It's, it's just weird times. I've never seen this before. Yeah. Ever. So. Well, I don't think anyone has. Yeah. Well... Since, uh... 1918, maybe. Yeah, 1918 <laughs> might have been the last. Yeah. The last time I remember being, like, afraid of a virus was actually when AIDS was big. Uh, remember, like, no one, like, knew anything actually, about it? I was, I was scared. been the last time people really didn't know. They didn't even know, like, airborne... Like, there was so many so much misinformation out, but... Mm-hmm. Apparently, like, this isn't that bad. The last time I was scared of a virus... Was watching Con Air. And Outbreak is on Netflix. A fucking Outbreak. I'm sure all these people are like, go find the fucking spider monkey. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you gotta do. Find the monkey, and then you'll instantly have a fucking cure. A movie not to watch, which we talked about, well, we talked about in maybe the bonus content that I haven't released yet. Uh, It comes at night. Yes, yeah. So there's this movie, it comes at night. It's sort of about the same thing, like uh, we'll say a disease apocalypse. Yeah. But it's an indie film. It takes place basically in a cabin. It is the most 
tense movie I have ever seen. Yeah, I gotta um, write that down and watch it. It's also it. on Netflix. Yeah. Yes, because we're gonna be watching a lot of Netflix. Yeah. So, um, anyway, there's been a lot of music that came out. Yeah. At night. At night. And make sure you spell comes right because there's, <laughs> oh, there's okay. another movie that's like not as it's a kid-friendly. Suspense. In a way. Action movie. Mm-hmm. Involves delivering pizzas. <laughs> yes. So, music. A bunch right. of stuff came out. Um, how many do you have? One? I have dose. I have three, mm-hmm. but pretty much two All full. Right. Let me go first. You go first. So, Pears, one of my favorite punk bands, yes. came out. Uh, Pears self-titled, uh, came out on Fat Records on March 6th. Pears is a four-piece out of New Orleans. This is their third full release. Was their last one The Flu? Yes, it was. Well, it, was uh, it was Green Star, but Green the Flu. Green Star, but The Flu, yes. yes. Which we reviewed on a very early podcast. Yes. So, I was very looking very forward to this record, and I really like it. Um, so, it starts off with Killing Me, and it's kind of like a darker start. And it kind of has that classic pair style. You kind of know what's mm-hmm. forward, what, where they're going with the, the album. Uh, melodic hardcore punk. Zero Wheels. Um, it's one of my favorite songs on the album. Fast, really catchy hook. Zero wheels in my wheel. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really like yeah. it. Real short song. Comfortably Dumb's really good. Fast, melodic, uh, clever. I believe it's um, a lot of it. He got sober. I think a lot of it's about him. Like, being sober? Yeah, like being sober and like just how he be. Zach that's, Quinn? Yes. Um, I like the lyric, oddly obsessed with being depressed. Dial Up actually became... It's my favorite song Yes, the album. yes. I didn't realize they do a little um, chumbawamba. Yeah, with like very, A little bit of uh, vodka. Yeah. I was like, wow, they did a really good job with that. Yeah. They do like a Mambo number no. 5 riff and a mm-hmm. Macarena riff. I think it's fantastic, mm-hmm. and I could totally, that's totally about yeah. like sobering up and stuff. It's really good. Uh, nervous, fast, kind of thrashy at times, kind of has everything metal, melodic. All about anxiety, his anxiety problems. Nap time I really liked. His vocals remind me a little bit of Fat Mike on No Effects mm-hmm. a little bit. Hardcore Pump. I like how they're like, it's time to take a nap. It's just kind of yeah. funny. <laughs> P-Paul is a really good song. Yeah, his like grandfather's P-Paul, pretty yeah. cool. Straight up like a uh, punk song, fun song. Worm's really weird. What came right mm-hmm. after it. Yeah. A lot of oohs, oohs. In the beginning, it's like very disjointed, but it kind of works. Funerals is a good, just straight punk song. Catchy, melodic chorus. Sympathy Coon kind of had this growled, doomy feel at times. There's just some really nice guitar work, and I think it's probably the heaviest song on the album. Mm-hmm. Daughter, I would need to look, look like look at the lyrics. It's kind of a weird song. It has like an earlier pair sound to it, and has like a little metal going through yeah. it. Just interesting song. Time Traveling is like the most different song on the mm-hmm. album, and it's pretty much him writing an indie alt rock song. Yeah, I actually um, read an interview in New Noise about uh, uh, mm-hmm. to Zach, and he was saying he's like, I wrote an indie so- or an indie yeah. pop song, and it's really cool. It's really light. It's very different, but it works. Mm-hmm. It's very very good. The last cynical serene, straight up punk pair sound, and then it just abruptly stops, yeah. and there's just like a little bit of like acoustic acoustic guitar, like mm-hmm. bing bing bing. Altogether, I really like it. It's a little longer album. It took a few listens. When I first listened to it, I was like, I don't dislike it, but I don't really like it. I kind of just yeah. had to let it sink in. And as I said, a lot of sobriety issues are in the album. Um, it re- reminds me of like it in between the first and the second. Yeah. He's in the interview. He said they finally found their sound, and I totally get it. Yeah, like, it the more really I listen yeah. to it, I really like it. Yeah, as I said, they found their sound, and they're off and running. And I'm, I'd love to see them. Uh, this album is really good. Yeah, I, uh, I liked it a lot. Good stuff. Yeah. What else hey. you got? So, the, which one do we want to begin? Let's begin with the new one. Well, they're both new, but this would be a little different. So this would be... You only gave me one, so... 
Was it um, Steve Malkmus? Yes. So I'll do that one. Okay, Because cool. the other one's a little different. So this is Traditional Techniques by Steve Malkmus. Mm -hmm. This came out March 6th of this year. Uh, Steve Malkmus uh, started off in the 90s. Indie Pavement? Pavement. Okay. And then The Jicks. Okay. And this is his second solo album. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was awesome. It's awesome. It is very different. Mm -hmm. um, it's like folky country. Like it's really it's, good. I said it's, it's like psychedelic folk. Yes. With yeah. elements of country. Mm -hmm. And it's very... A lot of the songs are very sparse. Mm -hmm. If you like instruments like the the rabab, the daf, the kaval, or my personal favorite, the udu, mm -hmm. this would be for you. <laughs> or the steel guitar. Or the steel guitar, yeah. yeah it's a very odd bearing. So this is uh, Steve Malkmus' sort of, like I said, psychedelic folk album. Very, very experimental in its own way. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. It sounds largely acoustic, even though mm -hmm. it's not really. There's some. I listened to the whole thing actually. I did. <laughs> I like the music. Well, shit sometimes music. I'll like skip around, or you'll be like, tell, they'll, you'll be like, just listen to these songs. You'll get. The I was gonna, but I'm glad you did. Mm -hmm. um, Other than the first song, the first song I thought kind of was the most boring because it was. No. <laughs> is that your favorite song on the album? No, it's not. I think. Um, well, I wasn't sure what I was in for, and I'm like, okay, this is like six minutes long, and then I listened to the whole thing. Even he was like, that song kind of got away from me. Yeah. The first song is ACC Quran. Which is supposed to be sort of about a party where things don't quite go right. And it's kind of melancholy a little bit. It's just interesting to me. Um, uh, I didn't know where it was going at first. And if that's I went back of, yeah. and listened to it, I'd probably be fine. Um, and I'm not going to do all the songs, but that bleeds into Zian Man, which is very light up a doobie. Mm -hmm. That's the one like, I'm a Catholic man. That's what like just drew me in. I was like, Depending on the song, he either veers towards Bob Dylan or... A lot of Lou Reed. I thought uh, it was if, very Velvet Underground. Like I was saying, if like one or of the Pink better Floyd at Louis, 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 <laughs> Lou Reed, Lou Reed, that's what they call me in Lou the streets. Lou Reed. Lou Reed. Or they call me, um, this is a really inside uh, chemistry joke. If I was a drug dealer and I dressed as an English gentleman, I would be Louis Acid. <laughs> It's funny. Uh, it's funny, folks. Mm -hmm. And if I were shift bass in there, it would be set. Anyway. See, aliens, this is the kind of humor that people tuned in. <laughs> millions tuned in to hear. Millions laughed. Yeah. Millions cried. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You go more country with the greatest own in legal history, which is about a lawyer trying to convince his client that he's going to get off. Mm -hmm. I didn't look at like any lyrics. I just listened to the music and I like was no. totally... Groove into it. As, like, that, that one's country. That's a very has weepy guitars. Um, weepy. My favorite song. What? Shadow Band. I can't remember. They, I didn't look at the. That's the one. It's very psychedelic. Like Shadow Band. It's like do this thing gonna do. Oh, that. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's very yes. drum circle. Mm -hmm. Shadow Band. Like he said, he wrote it as a psychedelic whodunit. He said, and this was sort of what Steve Malkmus had to say about Shadow Band. Um, it's what I imagine when I see PJ, PJ Harvey with all those old English guys behind her. They're almost doing sea shanties, and then she manages to be pretty cool on top of all this. Whatever, I don't give a fuck. It really sounds like a cult leader sort of preaching stuff because there's a lot of like tech jargon in there, a lot of weird Reddit words. Um, uh, there was one song that reminded me of The Doors. It might have been early on that reminded me of The End a little bit. Oh, yeah. There, I can't remember which one. Okay. Um, Flowing Robes. Is again, it's a, it sort of makes fun of hippies. It's kind of about a cult leader again. Ooh. Skipping ahead. Amberjack is about being an older artist. Okay. So I don't know if you had any other songs you specifically cared about. 
I, I just had it on. I only, uh, like, the first song, the second song, like, and the third is when I, like, paid attention to yeah. song names. Other than that, I was actually printing stuff out for Victor, like, yeah. these but you don't homework really, assignments. I mean, but, honestly, you don't even need to, like, listen. It's, it's a full it's good. I just like it's to really listen good. to it. It's, it's good. It's, I don't say soothing. It's an easy listen. Yes. Three, like, I was surprised. I'm like, because it's ten songs, and you know, I'm like, that's too long half the time. And I, was, I like, totally was like, oh, that's it. And I was um, hiking in uh, the park mm-hmm. today, and uh, I was listening to this, and I sort of wrote a, a, a little movie in my head, okay. where this is the soundtrack to a movie about the apocalypse, and it, around yeah. a hippie cult. Be interesting. And I was like, ooh, now I had to switch to something else because it's... Well, now you can be. write your screenplay since we're all yes. s- supposed to be stuck at home. This is the first album this year I've been really excited for, and I'm glad it was worth it. Yeah, I didn't even know. Like, I was never into Pavement, so I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. dude from Pavement. Yeah. But I, yeah, as I said, I was really into it. It really reminded me of, like, The Doors slash um, Velvet Underground mm-hmm. and a little Kinks at times. That's, like, up my alley. You feel like Georgia Harrison? Yeah, almost. Yeah, I could see that, too. You know who... Uh, Used to drum was in the Jicks for a while. Mm-mm. Janet Weiss. Oh. Uh, formerly of Slater Kinney, mm-hmm. and currently in Quasi with her ex-husband. Mm. Quasi. It doesn't matter. Okay. Anyway. Fun facts. Fun facts. Fun the facts. Tales know. of the Bible. <laughs> Warriors, you or someone you know, uh, out on March sixth as well. Uh, they're a four-piece out of Brooklyn, New York. Lead singer is Lauren. Denizio. Um, I believe she wrote all the songs as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mikey Erg. If you ever heard of the Ergs, like pop yes, band, I he's have, a drummer yeah. for yeah, the Spanish. Yeah. I was surprised. And they're off of uh, Six One Three One Records. They're an all indie, and they actually have on um, Bandcamp queer attached to their sound mm-hmm. or whatever uh, label. I don't know. Um, and it's their second release. And I really enjoy like this. It um, sounds like something I would choose actually. I yeah. really like it a lot. Well, I I've gotten stuff off Six One Three One Records anyway, so I. Got an email for pre-ordering this record, and Mark's like, you ever listen to uh, Warriors or whatever? War- Warriors? Not mm-hmm. Warriors. Warriors. And I was like, oh, I got an email. He ended up ordering a bunch from him. So it starts off with End of the World, which is a great song. It's a really catchy, like, alt sound. I guess it's about relationships. Like, yeah, it I is. would presume, because I actually read the lyrics. End of the World. Ooh. It is. Yeah, I know. I was like, mm. boom, 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 boom. It's a really good song. Power Couple. PWR. It's not actually spelled power couple, but yes. Um, 90s alt grunge. Um, this sound is where I told Mark, I'm like, they sound musical. Um, they sound like the cranberries came from America. That's what they remind me of. Um, but the power couple, real catchy chorus. I can't put my finger on it what this song reminds me of. Uh, did you have any thoughts? I don't know. It reminded me of a Les Garage-y Charlie Bliss. Ooh, I could of see Of course, he's also out of Brooklyn. Big feeling. Uh, real Cranberries feel, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lyrics, this whole album lyrics are great. They're very poetic. A Terrible Boyfriend is one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, slower. It's a, a little bit depressing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty much not feeling good enough for someone. This is when I was like, terrible boyfriend. I'd make a terrible boyfriend. I'm like, this is weird. And the next song, Chicago Style Pizza, is terrible. Very, very cool song, but very sad song. I was a little, I was disappointed that it was like, a I, like the title, yeah. the title didn't deliver yes. quite, but I did, I liked it too. Yeah, it was a lot. I was like, this is sad. Curious, really cool song, very guitar driven. Um, enough is pretty much you're done with a relationship. It's pretty sad, mm-hmm. but written really well. Relentless Noise, um, more or less sick of being lonely. 
almost wishing you were spending time with an old mm -hmm. flame or an old relationship. Um, and then it ends with grand closing, which is slower, and it's more or less trying to get over someone. I like the lyrics of uh, so f f so ha so happy fucking New Year's. We're alive, but I want back my life, the years, the hope. Mm. Ooh. And that's Ooh. what she ends on. I was like, yeah. ooh, that's nice. Mm. But I really liked it. I thought it was a really good, solid record. I would say the second half of the album kind of loses something. Like, I just feel... Like, it, like, like they needed an upbeat song somewhere mm -hmm. in there. And it, but yeah, it really reminded me if the Cranberries were, were from America. Yeah. And I think Lauren's a super talented and amazing lyricist. I've, and I really like it. Yeah. I think it's definitely worth so, it. So, I really I loved it. I was trying to figure out who she sounded like. Mm-hmm. There was slash is a band okay. out of Brooklyn, New York. You see, I'm getting this just so I can get the name. Cool. The band is called Habibi, and the lead singer, and she sounds a lot like that. I'll have to look that up. It might have been a New Noise magazine. They might have so interviewed Habibi, that band. I feel like a member or members of Habibi play are in... Are they out of New York? or? Yeah, out of Brooklyn. Okay. And I feel like they're... At least one of the members is in um, Boy Toy. Oh, really? I have to check after yeah, this. Yeah, I'll tell Mark. Almost more exciting was they, uh, Habibi either has an album coming out this year or they did. If Very they 60s, girl groupish. Okay. I was like, oh my God, it's, wow, she's in a new band. But uh, I, I really like this album. Like I said, it's something like I would Yeah, it's choose. really good. The, like the first like five songs were like, I'm like, ooh, I want more of this. And there's a couple songs in the, the I would say the flip side, the B side, that I was digging. Restless Noise, I think. Rest, yes, I thought Restless, it was a little more upbeat. And that is the problem. Sometimes you need a little something different. Yeah, that was my out. only like kind of, I wouldn't say problem, but what mm -hmm. I wanted a, a more. Yeah. That was really about it. And it's funny, like, yeah, that Brooklyn scene. Yeah. I'm going to grab a beer. All right. Um, set us up. Mm. I don't have anything to say. Oh, well, then let me talk real quick and then I'll get my beer. All right. American Nightmare, which yeah. I just played for Lou. They had a new LP out in, uh, or sorry, EP out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it was February 14th called Life Support. No, it's off a of Death Wish. Mm -hmm. And I've reviewed American Nightmare before. I just saw them live not mm -hmm. too long ago. Um, and they're hardcore punk out of Boston. And uh, this is only a two song EP. Life Support is this, the A side. Straight up glammy rock and roll song is catchy as mm -hmm. fuck. I really liked it. I like like the grimy guitars and Wes's vocals just match perfectly. I thought it was a really cool song. Listening to again, it almost reminded me of like black metal, uh, black motor, black black rebel and motorcycle. Yes, <laughs> like their earlier stuff. Mm -hmm. It kind of remind me of that, but like a little more rock and rolly. And then on the flip side is Left for Dead, which is a Lemonheads cover, mm -hmm. and I thought it was really good. And I forgot that the Lemonheads were out of Boston. I guess yeah. that's a connection. It's a great EP. I really, it's really, really like good. Life Support. Of course, again. Life Support. <laughs> What's the line? Too young to die. Yes. To the, uh... But it's good. I Yeah. So definitely check that out. Right. That's new. So American Nightmare. Right. Life Support. And I'm going to grab a I will busier. share true stories of the Bible. <laughs> so uh, to touch a little more on a Traditional Technique by Steve Malkmus. That album was produced... By Chris Funk of the Decemberists. Oh. One of the, the guitarists on it, or additional guitarist, was Matt Sweeney, who's been in a whole bunch of bands, and he, he was a key player in my next album I will be reviewing. He's in like a lot of little things, a lot of super groups and stuff. Okay. Um, I'm sure I've just seen his name. But he played, and he's all over Desert Sessions, volumes 11 and 12. Ooh, are you talking about that now? Yes. Okay. So I'll be talking about it now. This came out uh, October 25th of last year. 
also off of Matador Records. Okay. I did get the uh, the the vinyl, mm-hmm. and it comes with like a weird little book introducing all the members of the band. And it also comes with, I guess, fake blotter paper. <laughs> really? I'll just show it to you after. That's it's like pretty crazy. cool. And of course, the desert sections originated when Josh Hami and a whole bunch of his friends went out to the desert, did mushrooms for three days, and just recorded music. He describes it as a musical retreat where you could just go to recharge your creative energies. And I think 2006 was 9 and 10. Okay. So he took a break and came back with this. Mm-hmm. Volume 11 is known as, and it's a single album. Okay. Volume 11, Arrivederci Despair. Volume 12, Tightwad and Nitwits and Critics and Heels. Okay. And it opens up with the most Queens of the Stone age song ever, Move Together. And it starts out with this, almost like this, this very simple set, this ba-bomb, 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 And it opens with, with Josh Homme's vocals and his falsetto. Basically singing about a woman and him and how they're, how they hate it. Like the different things that annoy each other. Like mm-hmm. she hates him because he's poor. He hates her because she drinks. But then he sort of ends that after giving all the reasons why they don't like each other. That they like, they stick with each other because they move well together. And whether that's dancing or fucking, I don't know. It slowly builds in intensity and there's progressively... More business, like a little more like vocal, like or some progressive accents, and it's very much a Queens of the Stone Age jam song, mm-hmm. and eventually it just really kicks in, and then it changes gears into something else, and then I realize that um, the uh, the person singing the song was not Josh Homme, but Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top. That's and that's weird. sort of a big thing with these desert sessions is they have a lot of celebs. That's cool. So among them were the uh, aforementioned Matt Sweeney, mm-hmm. Bill Gibbons, Stella Mazawa of uh, Warpaint, okay. Les Claypool of everything Les Claypool did, Jake Shears of Scissor Sisters. Oh, wow. A band that I... I made a, some sort of joke about while watching a Saturday Night Live performance years ago that I cannot remember. Yeah, I, I don't remember either. But, but um, he's also like, he's all over it too. Yeah. Matt Barry of <laughs> Lippis. <laughs> Matt Barry is sort of, he's in a lot of those like Britcoms that are almost too British to make it over here. Mm-hmm. IT Crowd, Toast of London. He's in an episode of Portlandia, the mm-hmm. Squiggle Man episode. We talked about it a couple episodes ago. Where they're like cool parents and their kids are in preschool and they, they want to form like a children's band. So they sing okay. like that really weird song and like Carrie's like, I want to die, I want to die. But then they go, they're opening for Squiggle Man. Oh, okay. And yes, Matt Barry yes, is yes. Squiggle Man. Okay. When he's like, get started, I'll join you in a second. When he thinks they're there to menage. Especially because you haven't seen it uh, or, or listened to it. Mm-hmm. Um, only I'm going to go over the other highlights. They're... Two songs that kind of stick out. Okay. It's a very hard album to describe because... You're not high. <laughs> no, well, that helped. But it's like very different. Like all the songs are a little different, but they're very experimental. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of about. So one, If You Run, is the second most different song in the album. Okay. So we're talking about the most different song in the album. Um, with vocalist Libby Grace, who is just like a session vocalist. She doesn't okay. seem to do anything in particular. 
it opens with this very lonely single guitar and these very melancholy lyrics. Sort of. They're playing under the bed now. I'll do this. Air quotes. Well, I don't know. Well, I'll figure it out in post. But basically, it's. For lack of a better word, it's very much like if you told me it was a Fleetwood Mac cover, mm-hmm. like one of the more somber ones, like Gold Dust Woman or something yeah. like that, I would totally believe you. It's not quite country, hmm. but it's very much about like. If you're going to run, you better make sure you have a place to go, sort of thing. And she just talk about... It's kind of Americana. I believe that... Yeah, I mean, Americana would be very good. I think okay. the line I was trying that I inserted was, you can lie for the honey, you can lie for the money, you can lie to others, but you better not lie to yourself. Okay. And it seemed to, so it's basically a song about relationships, and it's, it's very straightforward compared to everything. And hmm. the other song, okay. which I, I wish you had heard, it's called Chick Tweets. So, it's fucking bizarre. So, is, where are the de- Desert se- Sessions on? Oh, Matador. You mean what records or what? Yeah, like, uh, are they on Bandcamp? Like, where No, I had like- to get this off of Amazon. Sorry, yeah, that should... I think there's stuff on YouTube. Okay, that's why I couldn't right. really... Wasn't... All right, I'm going to play you Twig Tweet... Chick Tweets. Okay. Actually, I'm going to play it now. Pause, people. Okay, we're back. Tweets. Yeah, so Chick Tweets is this really fucking bizarro song. It has kind of almost like experimental 70s, like Euro underground. Like when people were starting to figure out electronica, but didn't quite understand. And it's a duet sort of with Matt Berry of being an actor. Although Matt Berry also records music. Okay. And a gentleman named Tornist Hofit. Okay. So a European gentleman of unknown... I don't get it yet. You're looking at me like I'm going to get it. I'm not, so I'm just leaving it up to try to figure the best. So, and it's this song, there's like a lot of really weird sex stuff in the whole song. It's basically a guy singing about sending like messages to women mm-hmm. and like all this stuff. And there's one about like... Like, like sending like his balls. He's like, I'm going to shave my balls. It's like, beat me with a hose, please. And it gets increasingly bizarre. And at one point, like in the background, you hear, and I think it's Jake Shears, just go, I'm a tiger. Meow. <laughs> that kind of falls apart with, with Tunerus going, what happened? I thought that was really good. At one point in the middle, Matt Barry is like, I think I made a terrible mistake. The drama is... No one knows who Tunerus Fulpit is, Fulpit is, but there are several theories. Okay. Um, on Discogs, there is a, a Finnish folk album from 1972 attributed to Tunerus Fulpit hmm. that isn't real. It's fake. <laughs> For some reason, people became obsessed with who this dude is. Okay. Or possibly Chick. The first theory is the story that the official story is so Josh Hami and Matt Berry are friends mm-hmm. and they were having dinner one night and he invited him to Matt to be in the desert sessions and Matt Berry just brought this dude with him and they said the guy like just he recorded it and he just recorded it straight and there was no hint of humor and they were all puzzled. That's probably bullshit. And it almost reminds me of that being Monk. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. So the first theory is that it's actually, one is, it might just be some dude. Yeah. And like Matt Berry's playing a joke. The second is that it's actually Josh Homme. Could be. Which is 
probably the most likely theory, but there are two, at least two other strong candidates and one not a strong candidate, but I wish were true. So the second most popular candidate is Trent Reznor. Because Trent Reznor was originally supposed to play on the Desert Sessions and he was tagged. <laughs> and then they took him off. And then there's some other weird That would be pretty awesome. Stuff, so that would be awesome. There were hints that it was Dave Grohl. I could see that too. The the fourth one, the one I, I would I don't think it is, but I would love it to be, is Tobias Forge of Ghost. Which maybe because they're both, Italian. It's like that weird like accent. It's possible because apparently him and Matt Berry also know each other. Huh. And of course, theoretically no one knows. Yeah. Well, the, the whole thing... Well, he, they're Italian, right? And I said about Monk, and that's like Italian. Yeah. And it had like that just style, that Italian electro. Or maybe... Ooh, it was Goblin. <laughs> Doubt it, but... No. The song is so weird that kind of caught my attention. It's not my favorite song. That's my favorite cool, song yeah. is... I think it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's very funny. The first one and the um, the other one, Born to Run. Mm-hmm. Not Born to Run. That's a horrible song by horrible person. Oh, Aliens. The most hated person in history... More evil than a thousand Hitlers was a gentleman named Bruce Springsteen, and he entranced the masses with his shit rock. Lou's mad because it's his dad. And he's my dad. <laughs> it's very sad, and I'm his illegitimate son. Easier Said Than Done is the final song in the album, mm-hmm. and that one is also a very traditional Queens-ish. It's actually where the title um, Tightwads and Nitwits and hmm. whatevers and whatevers but yeah, it's a nice, it's different. It kind of made me want to know the Queens. It made me want to listen to Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, it's different. I guess it is, as you were saying, in very, it was very limited release. Yeah, like, like I didn't know where, I thought when, when we went to break, we paused it for a second. I said to Lou, I said, I got emails saying to order the records, mm-hmm. but I never really saw it anywhere. Like I said, I found it. Maybe they did another version. I found it. I got it on Amazon, mm-hmm. but I had to hunt for it. Yeah, that, I didn't see it anywhere. That's mm-hmm. why I never, Yeah. you know, I looked at it, I did a quick mm-hmm. search and there was like nothing. So yeah. I thought I had to order the records. Yeah. But I did not. And I did. I do have it on vinyl. Please. This is gonna be stuck in my head. It really, the, uh, it's now hypnotic, my, right? Now yeah. my like my the gears are, are the hamster is yeah. running on the wheel. Mm-hmm. Going back to my monk thing. Do you remember what I'm talking about with monk? Uh, yeah, I remember. We, Asia Argento's on some of yeah, it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, like uh, um, LCD sound system does stuff mm-hmm. on it. Like uh, there's like a bunch of just uh, guest appearance appearance mm-hmm. by like just yeah. a, a vocalists and bands and stuff. So I'm like, hmm, kind of interesting. There's sort of a picture book of who's the who's who of Desert Sessions 11 and 12. Hmm. And he doesn't have a real picture because I was really... I, it was really driving me crazy as to who this guy was when I heard it. I was like, that's a weirdo. And then, yeah, Maybe went, it's Asia Argento. Because oh, she was friends with Bourdain. And but there's a theory it was a girl. she has an album coming out. Supposedly she just finished up an mm-hmm. album. Well, the, another theory is there... I guess there was a... A picture of everyone on the, like a promo picture of all the people who recorded. Mm. And there was one person who was silhouetted out. Huh. And it was a female person. Hmm. You know, female person, not a. What if it's Eleanor Roosevelt? What if it was, what if it was Brody Dahl and then she said, fuck you. It could be. Distillers are torn against. Or Shirley Manson. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Anywho, uh, movies. We yeah. We talk about some movies. We could talk about Midsommar, Horse Girl, or the David Lynch short. Which one do you want to start with? Let's start with Midsommar because it's the most normal. Yes. Midsommar. 
I liked it. I get why people disliked it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best way. I'm like, did I miss something? So I started like reading theories and like, I think the best thing was it was the ultimate breakup movie. So yeah. So <laughs> and I was like, I agree with that. So really quick, in the, in the off chance you haven't seen Midsommar, it's basically about, was it four people? Four or five? Yeah. It's a group of, like, they're sociology students and one of their girlfriends go to see this Who's weird... Who's a psych, psych major. Yeah. They go they're anthro, to, I think, actually. Mm-hmm. They go to see this... It's like once every hundred years is this festival. In Sweden. In Sweden. And it's during, like, the high sun, the midsummer when the sun never goes down. And it's this really weirdo folk festival. Yeah. And it's sort of the... It's under, very cultish. The like, undercurrent is... The year before they go, we'll call it the preload to the movie. The the boyfriend is gonna break up with the girlfriend, but then she has a tragedy happen in her family. Yeah, which is so, pretty amazing. Yeah, so he doesn't feel like he can break up with her. So there's this weird undercurrent, like none of her his friends particularly seem to like her. Yeah, and, and they're still mean to her after the tragedy, in no, my opinion. You don't know. They might have been nice to her for a while. Yeah. So they go and they they, they everyone does a lot of hallucinogens and there's yes. something not quite right. Well, you, they, you know what? If I pulled up and there's a bunch of... What I'm, then the first thing I'm offered is my, like is hallucinogens yeah. and everyone's dressed in white robes. I'm going to be like, you know what? Um, I'm just going to head back now. Yeah. <laughs> and then it kind of goes from there. I liked it. I thought the, the, the woman that played the main woman character, I can't yeah. remember her name, was fucking fantastic. Yeah. She was great. And she's having, like, panic attacks also and, like, yeah. about, like, the tragedy that happened. And um, I think the whole thing was just, like, fucking... It's, like, this big build-up that kind of never happens. Yeah, it's... If that makes sense. But it's it's funny to just journey there. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Like, you kind of wonder how, like, you stay in this cult for so long, almost, or this yeah. pagan village, well, I would say. This introduced me to like a term for this type of horror movie, which is folk horror. It's called, and it was very reminiscent into the Wicker they have, Man. Of the but, Wicker Man, mm-hmm. and like, and ironically enough, both versions of the Wicker Man, yeah. because one by one, everyone dies for or eats a pie full of pubes, <laughs> a chitty's in it, and from a good place. Basically, yeah. In the end, the fact that the boyfriend ends is stuffed up in a bear, quote unquote, <laughs> costume, which is apparently what was in that shitty Nicholas Cage Wicker Man. Hmm. And uh, the girl joins. She joins a cult. Yeah, and she picks him to die. And she picks him to die, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, well, there's the best scene is the sex scene, which is super sexy. Oh, yeah. They're like uh, one of these girls in the in the the pagan village is like making eyes at. Yeah. Oh, then her main characters. Like, oh, she got her Hwanch chunter. That's her. That's her virgin license, so she can fuck now. Yeah, pretty it? much. Yeah. Crazy um, uh, main chick. What's her name? Lisa or something? Yeah. Like that. I don't even remember. Her boyfriend more or less gets picked to like have sex with this girl to yeah. mate with her. Mm-hmm. And there's this really awkward sex scene where they're all like, <gasps> and like yeah. pushing the dude's ass into her. Yeah. It's like, so fucking bizarre. Oh, what's worse? There's like a deformed like kid. Who's what was like up with that? It's just the Oracle. Just I was weird. waiting for something to happen. Yeah, it's really weird. You're kind of just waiting for something more to happen and it doesn't happen. Like, more or less, especially towards the end, are just doing like hallucinogens the whole yeah, movie. Yeah, they were kind of subtle with it. They did a good job with that. But yeah. so they engage this da- like thing where they have to all dance around in a circle, yeah. and whoever wins is the queen of whatever. And they're speaking, and she can understand everybody. Yeah. And the theory is she's not really understanding everybody. She's just so fucking whacked out. Yeah, I'm sure. But anyway, so that again was the normal movie. I don't suppose you brought it here. 
I forgot to bring you uh, Mitsumar. I remembered when I got out of the uh, car. So I apologize. It's all good. You're like, no. mm, guess I can't watch uh, asshole. We'll do the second one since, you want, since it's quick. Uh, what did Jack, Jake do? <laughs> what did Jack do? I Jack believe. do. I watched it this morning. Uh-huh. And I was like, what the fuck? And That's how I was. And then I'm like, are they just saying... So, okay, it's David Lynch. What did Jack do? It's, it's a 17-minute movie. And it's David Lynch walks into this train it's station. A train station. And ta- talks to a monkey that talks. So he's interrogating a monkey for... It's on Netflix. You should see it. I watched it. One, the monkey doesn't talk for, like... I was actually surprised when the monkey talked. I did too. I thought he was supposed to be talking. And it's like a weird detective thing where he's just saying like. At first, I thought they were just saying cliches. Yeah, and And they kind of and they do. They're like, "I heard you've been hanging with the the birds. Birds of a feather stick together." First, he goes, "Birds with a feather (laughs) stick together." And it's just like these cliches. I'm like, "Where is this getting to?" And then it's like this murder mystery of who shot Max. It's who shot Max, and also like. (laughs) And it's yeah. He loves this chicken, and then they Chitambra have Tambra or whatever. Yeah, and and then there's a singing. <laughs> so it's I think it's parroting like really like detective noir yeah. with that dialogue. My favorite line in the movie is I guess they're talking about Max. And he's like, Max was fucking everyone. He was fucking like the, he was fucking the waiter. He was fucking her like there was no tomorrow, and yesterday never came. <laughs> Creepy monkey talking is kind of not synced. I like how he's like, once you get up under those feathers, it's the fullest breast you can yeah. have touched. Oh, it's horrible. And then a chicken fucking comes out and he's like, Tatara! Like, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, so I watch... Oh, and by the way, it's like... There's this faux, like, it looks like it's distressed. So it's in black and white. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, like... Like it was an older film and it was a bad print, but it was done after. It's hot. It's hot. I watched it. <laughs> Watched it again and, and gave it five stars. And I was legitimately like, this is fucking weird. This is literally everything I wanted and didn't know. And I'm happy Well, I was like, uh, so this after or this morning, I was like, okay, Lou wants me to watch this. I'm like, what is this? Well, yeah. And I'm like, it's David Lynch. And we're both good film mm-hmm. fans and like kind of the same stuff. And I'm like, I got to six minutes. I'm like, should I just turn it off yeah. now? Because... I'm like, I, I think I, are they just going to say, working hard or hardly uh-huh. working? Are they just going to say cliches the whole yeah. time? And then, like, I got to the singing solo, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? For for a 17-minute short, it's it's very interesting. It, it Not is, for everybody. No, it's totally for everybody. <laughs> if you have young children, because children like monkeys. No! Okay. So anyway, they're like, there is no Santa Claus. I'm like, fuck! Victor's yeah. in the other room. And you're going to tell them about the Easter Bunny. I'm like, Fuck! <laughs> Hope you're how's how's uh YouTube in there? <laughs> I don't think he heard. Uh, and then Santa Claus is real, by the way. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. We don't know because we're the leaders of the free world. Yes, yes. Okay, he's imprisoned in my. Uh, we let my him out every now. December twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah. That's why he only goes one day. Yeah. Year. Anyway, horse girl. Yeah. So yeah, the that was not the most weird thing. So horse. So girl. originally, when you told me about this movie, I thought it was another movie mm-hmm. called something Unicorn with the chick that played Ch- Captain Marvel. There's another like Unicorn something. So uh, I got them totally confused, but they were uh, and they're totally separate movies. But anyway, so horse, horse girl, girl stars Allison Brie, who I love, mm-hmm. which unfortunately threw me because so Allison Brie is noted known mainly for doing. Comedy. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, Corzoy the Destroyer on Glow. Yes. She was on Community. She's been on other things. Much to my surprise... Oh, Molly Shannon's in it? Yes. Much to my surprise, this is not a comedy. 
Not at all. Horse Girl is... I'm paying attention. About... <laughs> Alison Bree's character, who I forget what her name is. Is it Lucy? Maybe that's where I got it from. I'm not sure. So, so we'll call her Lucy. Unicorn Store is what I was thinking about, but it's oh. on Netflix. Okay. She's like this kind of introverted girl, and she works at a fabric like shop with Molly Shannon. Yeah. And... And she's into like these weird super, the supernatural TV show called Purgatory. Which is amazing. Which it's the amazing, yeah. So that might be the only comedy is this really bad TV show. Her name's Sarah. Sarah. Okay. Purgatory. Let's talk about Purgatory really quick. Purgatory is like an X Files slash supernatural. It me like and a, Robin yeah. Tooney is like the Dana Scully. These two, like, there's like clones in it. And she's like, I don't know which one's this. And then the chair spins around and it's the devil. It's like, <laughs> are you seeing double? <laughs> so that's what she's into. Oh, and she's also. She hangs out at like this. It's like a stable. Yeah. Because she used to ride, ride and very horses. clearly like the owners don't really like her and she's like super into it. Like she she like makes like a, I don't know, like a friendship bracelet for Buttercup or Horse. <laughs> for the 40, first 45 minutes, it's kind of just like setting up. Like, you know, she's kind of like um, a loner, a little antisocial, like very socially awkward with a lot of anxiety. And like it seems like her only friend is... Um, Molly Shannon, who she works with, um, her roommate doesn't seem to like her very much and is always, like, trying to fuck her boyfriend, like, yeah. her, her yeah. like, just be able Oh, to... and there's, it's not... And her roommate was from Insatiable, that oh. one uh, show from Netflix, oh. if you remember that show. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, and there's, like, a weird, so there's also, she goes to visit, like, one of her old childhood friends. Yes. At one point, who had, like, a head, a, a head injury. See, that's when I guess the horse whole thing came in. So I guess she fell off Buttercup or something happened. So her friend has like head trauma. Yeah. I, I guess that's the close. That's maybe why she stopped riding, meaning Sarah. Uh huh. So it's her birthday, and her roommate like kind of like sick, like sick and tired of her just yeah. like taking up the couch and always being there. It was like, let's have a party and let's invite um, my it, boyfriend's roommate over. Yeah. You guys might like each other, and they hit it off pretty good. They get really drunk and stuff, and that's she starts kind of having like sleepwalking more, yeah, and having like her car get stolen, mm-hmm. but was just left in the middle of the street, like yeah, like that's weird. Oh, she starts having yeah, like weird, like missing time. Oh, and uh, Paul Reiser is her dad, her stepdad. Stepdad, but and then she's having these weird dreams where she's just laying next to people and like this white yeah. bright light and like looking over, mm-hmm. and you're like, what the fuck is up? So the uh, the girl next door is wearing a sub pop. I saw that too. So yeah, and like she ends up seeing one of the dudes from one of these dreams or whatever yeah who's like works at a plumbing store and she's she basically increasingly not so mm-hmm. and that's when like you knew something was up mm-hmm. when she just gives all this money her dad her stepdad was like are you okay yeah here's some money to help you out mm-hmm. and she literally gives like this the guy that she sees from her dream she's he works at a plumbing place and she's been stalking him uh she goes in finally to talk to him be like do you know who i am and mm-hmm. he has no idea and she like pretty much throws like hundreds of dollars yeah. at him. Like, can you fix my pipes? And she's like, uh, sure. Like that. He's a plumber, or whatever. And so anyway, but she lives in an apartment that they don't own. Well, she also <laughs> wanted him to come over yes. to talk, and then she sent someone else. So, but she completely, she's like increasingly becoming more unstable. Yeah, and she becomes so she yeah, and she becomes obsessed with the idea that she's a clone of her own grandmother. Yes. Now the best part is she goes on into date with yes. the roommate. This is where it gets. This is where it turns one eighty, where it becomes an amazing, awesome. And movie. I'll say, by the way, at this point, this is when I finally realized 
this isn't a comedy. <laughs> no. And that's probably pretty far. So they're they're like talking and they're she's talking about her weird him. shit. And he's like, yeah, conspiracy. And he's like, kind of like agreeing with her. And maybe he believes it, but he's also doing it because he wants to fuck her a little bit. Yeah. And she's like, we have to go to the graveyard and dig up Well, she's grave. like, oh, I have a present for you. Yeah. And she goes to the dude's house that's in her dream, the plumbing guy. Mm-hmm. And they're just staring at like in his window. And she, he was like, oh, okay. And then she's like, we have to go to one more place. And it's like her dead mother's grave. Yeah. And she goes like, so she goes super insane, and she's. That's when I'm like, this girl's awesome. She's up my alley. She's lost it, and she keeps having things, and she gets committed at one point. Mm-hmm. Oh, because she's is that when she shows up naked? Oh, that's when she gets committed. She goes to work. She's taking a shower, and she walks out of the shower, and she's in her work, work and she's totally naked, which makes no sense. She's either having like. She's schizophrenic. She's either so that's the thing. Well, we'll talk or about that. Or she's abducted by aliens. But yeah, because she's either having missing time or she's just having fugue states where she forgets. Yeah. She comes out into a store full of people, and you see her boosh. Yeah. And she's freaking out, and she ends up like in a in a uh, not a asylum, but a, a, a treatment clinic. center. Yeah. Oh, she's also getting these nosebleeds, and they pull like a piece of metal from her nose, so maybe it is an implant. Yeah, I didn't think But about it's it. a weird, like... That's when she starts being like, oh, I've been having these dreams. Oh, no, she goes home, and she turns on all the appliances and stuff because she's really going crazy. And she basically decides she's a clone of her grandmother, and the aliens need her DNA to refresh the clone or something. And which, which happened in the Purgatory episode. Which, yeah, the Purgatory <laughs> episode. You should watch Purgatory. <laughs> She thinks she's at the clinic for one day, and the guy's like, well, you're in our 72-hour hold, and you're done. Yeah, but he's like, well, I saw you before. And she's like, I don't remember you. It's uncomfortable and weird, and at the end, she, like, she steals the horse, dressed as her grandmother. Yeah. Well, I, well like, well, when she totally, like, loses it, she mm-hmm. steals all that, like, fabric from her work. Yeah, because, work like, to her, protect and, herself. And does, like, a ninja outfit. And she and, convinces the guy to do it, too. And she, like, fucks the guy that she was kind of dating, but it turns mm-hmm. into Darren from Purgatory. And yeah. she, like, goes all to these crazy places mm-hmm. and sees these doorways. And she wakes up in the past with the roommate being one of the the other girl on the table with a sub pop. And she's just, like, and she mentions the door and the other girl's like, yeah, how did you know that door? And gets, like, totally mm-hmm. freaked out. And then she totally has convinced herself that the aliens abduct her and that she's a clone and she's her grandmother. That so the question would be, and then the end happens, but do you think she's insane or do you think she's actually being abducted by aliens? I could go either way. I think I agree. Yeah, it could go either way. Yeah. Because um, at the end, it's like a weird. It's almost like um, like their mental, like mental oldest ran in her family. Mm-hmm. Like her mom, they said her grandmother was like crazy, but she, her grandmother was going. She's the same person as her grandmother yeah. and was going through the same stuff. So you don't know if it was that. And then her mother, she found her mother dead. Her shit. Her mom was always sad her and killed, killed herself. herself. Yeah. yeah. And you never hear anything about her dad. But it's kind of like a um, a Birdman moment at the end where you don't know, you can assume that... Have you seen Birdman? Yes. It's on the you know where he jumps out the window and he flies he away. Either kills himself or again. But we don't know. And that sort of had mm-hmm. the sense too. Mm-hmm. She gets pulled up into the sky by a light and you don't know whether, arguably whether she is insane or she is abducted by aliens. The other thing I was thinking of, now that you mention it, the, how she went and visited her one friend that like fell off the horse mm-hmm. and had obviously like cognitive issues and stuff. What yeah. if it's her? 
I don't think so. <laughs> what if it's like Snow, like uh, like a baby doll and a baby doll and um, um sweet pea, sweet pea, sweet pea, yeah. So it totally changes that movie thinking of it that way. Yeah. So anyway, Horse Girl like really weird. It's I good. Like it's definitely watch. worth a watch. Horse Girl and what did Jack do? Were two movies I had on my queue for a long time. And I was like, eh, do I want to watch that? And I'm glad I watched both. Yeah, they're definitely good things. So I think that brings it. Unless you have something else you want to talk about? No, I think I'm good. Not that I can think of. All right. Um, we'll be with you soon, hopefully. Hopefully with this. Uh, Unless we're, you know, we're all locked up for a couple weeks. Captain trips and being out. Yeah. <laughs> because there could be a time where we're locked up. Like, technically, I shouldn't even be over here. I shouldn't have traveled over here. Well, I don't know. I don't think it's that restrictive yet. I mean, from a, was it social distancing? Yeah. Maybe, but I don't Crazy times, man. Yep, nuts. So hopefully we entertained you, and we've been, like, of course, you know, our golden voices have been yeah. um, a staple of... And, and aliens uh, resurrect <laughs> us first. Yeah, uh, definitely. If you have to use, like, the cocoon pools... Yeah. That would be cool. Clones, like in the hit movie Horse, Horse Girl. Girl. Yeah. Notice we didn't disparage the aliens. <laughs> or they possibly, are awesome. Um, yeah, they are awesome sauce. <laughs> And in the meantime, you can find us on TreyasHouseStreet.com. On our Facebook page. On Facebook, uh, iTunes. And I on posters across the world. Yes. All right, bye, everybody. See y'all. One last thing, though. What? The amount of fucking spit that Sarah puts in the DNA test is just gross. Well, you gotta put a lot of spit in. Not ever, no, you don't. Not that much. Like where did she's you ever do a DNA test? I don't think you do. You just swab you, your cheek. No, no, you have to put like that yeah. much spit in. Well, that's true. That's gross. Anyway, <laughs> don't do DNA tests. Bye, everybody.